0: What's up ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the real estate marketing dude podcast. What is up everybody? Um, I hope everyone's having a great week. Uh, What we're going to talk about today is something that we stand for quite a bit and it's all about sort of defining your niche. If you ever heard the term that you're the Jack of all trades resonates with absolutely zero, it's because it's 100% true. In our business, birds of a feather flock together. People do business with agents they know, like, trust, but also relate to, personally like, and um, get along with. So, however, a lot of that has to do with a lot of the niche. There's uh, The riches are always in the niches, and who we have on with us today is going to uh, sort of speak to that. Um, she's had a lot of success in the uh, vacation rental business and specializing that niche, but I'm going to go ahead and let her share her story. So without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome Ms. Avery Carl to the show. How are you?
1: I'm fine, thank you. I'm total super fan, so I'm really excited to be here.
0: Thanks for uh, coming on board. Why don't you go ahead and tell everybody a little bit who you are, um, how you roll, and then let's get into this.
1: Okay, awesome. So uh, I am a real estate investor and real estate agent in three major vacation rental markets. I was in the music business prior to this working as a marketing manager and I uh, got into real estate investing just kind of as a retirement plan then decided, okay, I actually want to scale this and become a a quote real real estate investor. So uh, I've got 28 units, five of which are short-term vacation rentals in the Smoky Mountains. One of them is a short-term vacation rental in Destin, Florida and I got into real estate through investing. I didn't start out with my license, but I got my license so that we could do our own deals. And, um, when I started buying vacation rentals, I just found that there were a lot of questions when buying those types of investments that really none of the agents in my market could answer. So I was just kind of flying blind with stuff. You know, it's not like buying a primary. And, uh, so I became the expert agent on vacation rentals in my first market and then i have since scaled into two other ones uh so my primary is uh, the gatlinburg pigeon forge area then I'm also in dest panama city florida and then we just opened an office also in the gulf shores alabama market
0: that is awesome were you, ner- well, you're coming from the investor uh, point of view, but a lot of times most people are nervous to be like pigeon themselves, pigeonhole themselves into a certain segment or demographic or market. So tell me a little bit about um, that a little bit further. Or did you not care because you're looking at it more from the investor space? What, where did the light go on when you're like, holy crap, there's a niche that no one's serving because something happened there. And you're right. That's usually how that niche is identified. A question or a problem that nobody's taking on. So walk me right. through
1: that. So at first, just like any new agent, I was like, oh, give me all the people, send me all your friends. I'm here, to, here for all your buying and selling means, you know, the whole thing. <laughs> and, um, but I got a lot of business doing the vacation rentals just because I had a few and then my friends were like, you're making how much on this cabin? Teach me how to do it. Get me one. And then it kind of grew from there. But I really had that aha moment when a friend of mine, I just had a $50 million year in real estate and a friend of mine- yeah. asked me to help her parents find something, which is always a ticket straight to hell when you agree to work with your friends or help your friends. And uh, they fired me because I didn't know where to find the serial number on a $50,000 trailer. I was like, okay, well, I'm an expert in this and I'm making all this money over here, but I just got fired from a $50,000 trailer. So I'm not going to take those anymore. I'm just going to focus over here where where I am the expert. And so that was kind of
0: my aha moment. So uh, my, my best years in career when I was still selling were in the short sale days. It was a niche. You're exactly right. And what happened with us, at least, was that we took on a problem nobody else wanted to have early on. Like most of our deals were from other realtors. And I saw the writing on the wall instantly. I'm like, holy crap. Like nobody wants to take this on. Like everything's about to bust. It's, it's breaking out. Nobody's touching this market. Whereas a lot of people at that time weren't willing to learn it to actually go in and start doing it. They weren't willing to take the time to learn something different and think outside the box. And that was honestly our biggest opportunity. Let's get into the air to the vacation rounds. I'm, I'm assuming like Airbnb stuff, sort of of that nature and all of that. Talk to me a little bit more about that kind of stuff.
1: Okay, sure. So uh, with my investing and then with my uh, my real estate team, so we don't do any kind of short-term rental or Airbnb stuff in metro areas. So I started out in the Nashville market I solely recommend and suggest that my clients buy in regional drivable vacation rental markets because they're more recession resistant. And that's always been my hypothesis. I was 21 in 2008, so I obviously did not own vacation rentals in the last recession. But through the whole COVID thing, we have found that the metro markets, like you know, your Chicago's, Nashville's, places like that, those and the vacation rental markets that you have to fly to, like Hawaii or Disney, those are having a really hard time coming back, whereas the drivable regional ones like Gatlinburg, Destin, Gulf Shores are having a boom right now. We're having the highest prices per night on the rental side that we've ever seen, even higher than like Christmas. People are busting at the seams to get out of their houses, but they don't yeah. want to get on flights and they don't want to go to big
0: cities. I did it last so, week. Um, I, yeah. I rented, I rented <laughs> literally like in, in Anaheim. We went out there and got a. Uh, we rented a house with a pool because we've been stuck in our house for the last three months, and the kids mm-hmm. just wanted to go swimming. So I just worked from there for the week. You know, I'm pretty mm-hmm. virtual, and yeah, I was. I could see that. So there, your guys are seeing like an uptick, yeah. um, actually in this. Yeah, um, for sure. So, but you started as an investor, so you bring in. I like that. Um, I want you guys to see something here, and this is just my opinion. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. Okay. I think that we I don't really like. When you're talking to someone and you're educating them specifically, like, for example, I'm sure your language on how you speak with people is like cash and cash return, NOI per month. She's talking language that suggests like, she's talking to investors. So she's positioned. You don't have any competition, do you?
1: Not much. There's a few out there that, you know, might have one or two vacation rentals. Most of them use like a local property manager. So they don't have the self-management knowledge to impart to their clients about how to manage it from Anaheim or wherever, so that you don't have to pay a property manager 20 to
0: 40%. Yep. But you went further though. You went education-based. Yeah. yeah you didn't just 100%. say I'm a niche. There's a difference. You're like creating content around it. Is that how, tell me how you're marketing it on your niche. You mentioned a couple things about like, Hey, I saw a big problem when I was talking to him. How do you decide how to? How do you take a niche and then actually make everyone else know about it? Because that's that's a that's a thing too for agents. Like, mm-hmm. all right, this sounds like a good idea, but how, how do I <laughs> make it happen? Right. So right. talk to me about that.
1: Right. So for me, uh, there are a lot of real estate investor meetup groups, a lot of Facebook groups, a lot of online forums, and things like that. Uh, so I take my knowledge and make it a value add to my real estate business. So like if you use us and there's a lot of agents who do this in different niches, like David green in the Bay area, he helps people move and he has boxes with his name on it and helps them actually load up the truck. Whereas I I will, if you use us as your agents as solely a value add that we will teach you how to set up your listings for your Airbnb and VRBO, get you set up with everybody that you need in the market to be able to run them. And we will get you ready to rock front to back with your vacation rentals so that you're, you can be off and making money immediately and not be like floundering, wondering what to do.
0: That is amazing. Done for you vacation rentals, folks. (laughs) That's what she just said. What are you guys doing in your process that's done for you? I was was trying to explain a to someone the other day, we were doing a brand. And I was like, nobody remembers what we do. They remember how we do it. Right. So like at the end of the day, when someone buys or sells a house within four to five, six months, your relationship fades as your communication fades. Right. But the one thing that they'll never uh, forget is like how you made them feel during that and what you did during that process. So like, that's awesome. Like you have a done for your model, you're selling enhancements. And think about it, you guys, we have two different types of services right now people in the the industry, regardless of what niche you're in. You're going to charge a commission or you're going to charge a flat fee. Is that fair? Mm -hmm. Right. You're going to get paid some way, shape or form. Well, she's justifying her commission. If I'm an investor, I have no problem paying you 6% because you're teaching me on how to, you know, increase my cap rates and my yields. Like that's dope. I'll probably pay you 10%, (laughs) right? Like it doesn't matter. People don't care what you charge. They care that it's justified. And if you have to question Yourself and wonder what you charge, then the answer is no, it's not justified. Right? Right. So, like, and then how do you make it so it is? So, think about what she's doing. We're doing this with a lot of clients too. We're building these learning centers on their websites. We're building content education centers because you want to enhance the experience. The experience is all we have left. Like, us not adapting experience into our process and making that a focus. And I know this is gonna get a little deep, guys. Like, what she's talking about here is like, call it the Ritz, not having waiters in the restaurant, like literally, like the Ritz not having a concierge, put it that way.
1: That's actually, we call our, our back end services our concierge, <laughs> so yeah, you hit it right on the head.
0: So, and that's really all people want, like people just want, people wanna be served, not sold. So um, again, I think what's changing overall in the industry is not, yes, you got a niche, great, but what she's also doing is taking the level of service, like you don't have competition, you don't have to do that.
1: Right. You know, on the front end, what makes me different? You know, why, why would they choose me than anybody else? Well, this is why, you know. Totally. Yeah.
0: Makes a lot of sense. Let's get into niche in a little bit because you focus on um, niche marketing and all of that, Mm -hmm. right? So how does someone determine this niche? Do you have different niches you see people go? Like you share some ideas, you think some other interesting things that get someone to sort of think outside the box?
1: Yeah, I mean the obvious one would be like the millennial agent niche because we communicate differently than, you know, our grandparents. The grandparents they want to be on the phone all the time whereas we're texting and there's different things that are gonna be more important to millennials than baby boomers and what they're looking for. So that would be a niche. Or uh, you know, I have a lot of friends, especially investor agent friends who are retired military who live in military base areas and those guys kill it because they have that inherent trust already with the other military Brother. guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh it's it's really just anything that you can find to relate to other people on that you know that are going to be buying real estate. You just find something relatable that you can become the expert at because that's what people want—is the expert. Right. um And find that and run with it.
0: Look at Mister Pillow, <laughs> right? It's a good example. He's the good. expert in pillows. The guy went way. He just like educates. Guy like put it at Pillow University. Like that's crazy. <laughs> you no, know that it makes a it makes a lot a lot a lot a lot of sense. Think about. What, and what she's talking about, you guys, is setting up a demographic niche. Like, You don't have to necessarily have a specific unique selling proposition and have this ultimate problem like, say, a short sale agent, or you're in the REO world, or you're doing vacation rentals, or you're doing multifamily, whatever it is. You can focus your brand on a demographic. Uh, for what I said earlier, like, if you're a mom, be the best mom realtor out there. If you're a dad, be the best dad realtor out there. If you're a rock star, be the rocking realtor. You're going to go ahead and attract (laughs) like people because it's just the way that we're wired. People are in in our business. I believe people are attracted to the law of attraction. I think people um, choose their agent based upon how they uh, feel they'll get along with them. Right. And I don't think it's so, therefore, I don't think there's no script pitch word line that I could ever use to make anyone else use me. What I can do is just, be me the best way I can, and let them decide. Exactly. Very, very, very cool. What else you want to share on this stuff? Go ahead, talk to me. I'll give you the mic.
1: <laughs> oh gosh. Well, I guess uh, it really is just like finding the places where your clients are going to be. So for me, I go to real estate investor meetups, and you know, I'm not going out and finding people who necessarily are looking for vacation rentals. I'm just going out and finding investors who want to make the best return on their investment whatever kind of real estate it is. So whether they're looking for apartment buildings or single families or long-term rentals or whatever they're looking for, they want to make the most amount of money possible. And so, you know, if I go and align myself with these people at these meetups and there's tons of groups out there and I say, well, Hey, you know, this is what I'm doing. And I have this many that are doing this and you can do this too. Then, then they become interested because they see your success and, and see that you have experience with it as well.
0: What do you think's coming up in the rental short-term rental market? I know in California, like, what do you? They're putting like bans on short-term rentals, and some cities are placing ordinances on them. What are you seeing? And talk on COVID too. Initially, I know that was a scare for the rentals, but but what you're saying now is like, wow, it's actually they came back really well at full.
1: Yeah, yeah. So so pre-COVID, I always suggested the regional drivable vacation rental markets that we talked about because those are places that, if you think about it. And there can be any, you know, in California, there's Big Bear, uh, you know, places that maybe when yeah. you were growing up that you would go on vacation with your parents, and you didn't stay in a hotel, you stayed in a house, like a beach house or a mountain house. Uh, so I, I came up, I started with the Smoky Mountains because I grew up going there and Destin, Florida, too. And I remember we would always rent houses, we never stayed in hotels. So... Those types of markets where it's been the norm for decades for people to do a short-term rental predating Airbnb and even the internet in some places, those are the markets you want to be in because those are the counties and the municipalities that figured out how to monetize the short-term rentals long ago. So you're not going to run into those bans and the city council issues that you do in the metro areas where people are coming in and just Buying houses in residential neighborhoods and turning them into party houses. So, you know, in the in the metro areas, Airbnb and short-term rental investing is a new thing as of the past 10, 15 years. Whereas in these regional vacation rental, heavy, tourism-dependent markets that don't have other industry and don't have other jobs, they need them. They can never afford to live without them. So I always suggest investing in, in vacation rentals in markets like that where they can't it would just be shooting the local economy in the foot to ever regulate against them.
0: That's really cool. What kind of like spreads are we looking at for an investor? Like it's getting into mm-hmm. the numbers on these things. Okay, um, yeah. Like what do people give me the short term pitch? Like if I'm, if I'm having, this is important. You're a socialite, like you're sociable. Like you, go out, you talk, <laughs> like I can see like you're not a shy person. Right. So I'm curious to know how you go up and start these conversations at these investor meetings, because a lot of people are like, what do I say? Let's be honest. A lot of agents would be like, what do I say to that person? What am I gonna do? How do I strike a conversation? So walk me through it. We're at a coffee party or a dinner party, I mean. Um, Talk to me, I'm like, walk me through how you would just start the conversation, because it's interesting.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely terrifying the first couple of times you do it because you think that you're around all these super successful people that you, you know, they're way up here and you're way down here. But, you know, you just talk to them like a regular person and they say, well, what do you do? What do you do? You go through the whole small talk thing. And then you're like, oh, well, I I invest in vacation rentals. And this is, uh, you know, I have six of them. When I first started out, I didn't have a lot of capital. I just had one down payment for one house. And I thought, how can I best maximize? So my strategy as an investor is I take all the money from my short term rentals, roll that into buying more long term rentals. So you have a diverse portfolio. So my whole pitch is you can take the same amount of money, turbocharge your income with the vacation rentals, then take that and go buy way more long term rentals than you ever could if you just started with long term rentals. So I started with one and two bedrooms because I didn't have a lot of capital. I just had one small down payment. Each of those Two bedrooms in my markets are grossing forty-five to fifty-five thousand a year uh, with the mortgage.
0: Overall, what, yeah, what's the property value worth on something like that?
1: So, for a two-bedroom condo in Destin, you're looking at like three hundred. A two-bedroom cabin in the Smokies, you're looking at anywhere between two hundred and fifty and three hundred and fifty, depending on
0: so our caps views are over and twelve. Oh yeah. 12 to 15 sounds like. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. So cash on cash return can be up into the 60s, 60% if you if you buy, buy right. I mean, obviously not every property that's out there on the MLS is going to do that. So you have to pay attention and watch. But, you know, a 20 to 40% cash on cash return is no problem generally. So uh, and then once you get to the four bedrooms and up, which the most recent one that I bought is a four bedroom with a private pool those can get really crazy. I paid 655 for that. It's going to gross 120 this year. Damn. So, yeah. So, um there's there's to, lots of
0: <laughs> You do you syndicate Airbnb deals?
1: I do not, and that's crossed my mind a few times, but there's just so many like regulations and things. I I yeah. would be happy to be involved in one, but I have not found the time or energy to actually go through building a syndication, but it's a really great idea for sure.
0: Interesting. Yeah, um People are looking for different ways to make money. And that's, I like what you said about the, uh, you would think that people would be intimidating to speak to because you're probably in an investor room full of all these people. And let's say someone doesn't have a, a deal done yet, or even under their belt. Well, just bringing them the knowledge of this, they are, you already are going to earn their respect because it is relatively a newer thing that probably a lot of these old school investors haven't seen before. And at the end of the day, they just want to make money. So if you have a new mousetrap, um, at least in their eyes, that's always a good thing. That's positioning.
1: Yeah. And even though you can't see the expenses or anything on it, you have got the Airbnb or VRBO app, you know, right on your phone. You can just show them, this is how booked it is. This is the amount of money that, it's, that I have coming in this month. And they can, you know, numbers don't, they don't lie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it proves a point. Any other advice you want to uh, share with anybody who's thinking about this? Do you guys, do you teach this? Do you teach this with agents? And um, tell us a little bit more about that.
1: So I, I don't have a formal agent training yet, but I am always looking for agents to work for me who think that the market they're, they're in might be a good fit for our model to bring on to my team. So uh, if anybody's interested in that, hit me up. I'm happy to chat with you and we can talk about the markets and, and see what's going on. But no, I don't have a formal training as of the moment.
0: I think you got to get one. I think, that's yeah, I, think a, you're that's right. <laughs> I think it's an unbelievable niche. Like I'm having questions like this is a coaching call. Just so you know, I'm being coached yeah. right now by you. Awesome. <laughs> um, no, I think there's a big need for it. And I think that agents are going to have to start thinking outside the box because commission compression is a real thing. It Anytime is. there's a lot of alternatives to buying or selling your value. The price goes down. It's very simple folks. The more problems you solve, the more you get paid. That's just how it is. A doctor gets paid a lot of money because they solve really serious problems. Well, a maid doesn't solve that series of a problem so they don't make as much money. That's the example Billy Jean uses all the time, but it makes a lot of sense. So the agent that has people don't, your license doesn't give you the ability to print money. Your skill set does. Your license just gives you the ability to do it legally. <laughs> so don't overthink this different stuff. Like the skills, people hire you for the skills you do. They don't hire you because you have a license. They hire you because what the hell you can do with it. And there's a major difference, like investing in yourself, investing in your own, whether it's your brand, your skill set, your niche. But I do believe that the days of the one size fits all agent are fairly limited. Whether there's going to be a niche, like you, whether it's a demographic niche that you service, whether it's a geographic farm or a certain area that you service or a specific property type, it's coming and it's here already we're seeing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the agents that do the most amount of deals are a lot of them are with these no name companies. They're just sort of silently going through underneath the radar and they're just crushing it. Cause they, they're all in a niche. Mm-hmm. Crazy, 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 crazy. Um, very, very cool. This is awesome. Uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell our listeners where they can follow you, reach you at, and uh, we'll go ahead and get everything wrapped up. And if there's any other closing thoughts you have.
1: Okay, awesome. Uh, everyone can get a hold of me at uh, my website, theshorttermshop.com. My email's right on there. So is a textable number, so you can hit me up. I'm on Instagram too at theshorttermshop. Instagram messenger is always easy to check. So yeah, just just hit me up and uh, we'll chat.
0: Cool. Very, very cool, folks. And start thinking about this stuff. That was a really interesting conversation. There's, um, there's a niche in literally everything, and they always say the riches are in the niches. Riches are in the niches, but you got to find what that niche is for you. And when there's not much competition, we're doing it in our space, like there's no one else that can do done for you video services and editing and distribution the way that we can. And we did that on purpose. It's called a blue ocean. If you guys want to read a really good book, it's called Blue Ocean Strategy, which talks a lot about this topics and how you position yourself to win by simply just positioning around your USP, your offering, or what it is you do, much like what Avery's doing here, much like what we're doing at real estate marketing, dude. The beautiful thing about America is that you can always things are always innovating, things are always changing. It's the ones who create those ideas that end up getting paid and making the bills down the road. So we hope you really enjoyed this week's episode of Real Estate Marketing Dude. Thank you so much for listening. If you guys need any help getting a video strategy plan set up, feel free to reach out to me, realestatemarketingdude.com. We script, edit, distribute your videos for you. Plus, we'll build you a brand if you don't have one yet. So really appreciate you guys each and every week. Thank you so much. And we'll see you on the next week's episode. Peace. Today's episode may be over, but we have plenty more to keep you busy. To get your complete blueprint for building out a real marketing plan for your real estate business, head over to realestatemarketingdude.com and see if you have what it takes to really become more than just a typical agent. Are you the next real estate marketing dude? Find out here next time on Real Estate Marketing Dude.